welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com. Episode 156, The Tenth Planet. If I could do a Mondasian Cyberman voice right now, I would. But until then, my name is John, and joining me, as he does every time we venture out through time and space, is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hello, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. I just um, got back from a week-long cruise Yeah. with uh, my fiancé, Lauren. Um, it was our first cruise together and ever in our lives. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was weird not having any internet for days, days on end. I had, she paid for internet for work Mm -hmm. and I mean, work paid for her internet. So I was like, can you check the Mets score? Like, I just (laughs) randomly, (laughs) so that was my only like, I had nothing for days, but it was cool. We went to Ensenada. We went to Catalina. It was it was fun. Nice. Yeah. It's a good time. Right on. Yeah. Now I am back. How are you? Uh, we're up and running, yeah? Were uh, we up we, and running we, last time? The bus? Yeah. Yeah, the bus was running last time, um, but the project I decided to tackle after that was rebuilding one of the camper windows because oh yes, when we bought the bus, one of the one of the window slats, their little slats that flip out for when you go camping, mm-hmm. um, was completely busted out. Oh no! And so oh yeah, it, there was glass there, but it was duct taped in. Oh, um, and I really I didn't want to leave that for a long period of time, so I bought the seals got some new glass cut um, and then proceeded to spend the past week working on it. Um, And uh, there comes a point where simple arm strength is not enough to get these screws out. And I completely messed up uh, my arm muscles. Oh no. For a while. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But got some tools, got some nice power tools to help bust these screws out. Um, and I'm happy to say that, that yesterday afternoon it was done and Kobe helped me get it in and it's all secured. And I am actually recording from the Podcastica mobile studio this evening. <laughs> uh, somewhat so, by request of, of me. A little bit. You you were very excited about that. Um, Amber's half-sister is staying with us for a few weeks and she works in uh, tech support. And so we'll... Uh, sometimes be working late into the evening and is working from the desk that I normally broadcast from. Mm -hmm. Um, So rather than wait and record on like Thursday. Yes. I was like, well, I I could go to the bus. Yeah. And you were very excited about that. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, this is the only podcast where now you, you've recorded in, in the bus, in a car. um, And I have recorded in a closet. Yes, that's right. This is the only podcast uh, that I've ever done where I've recorded it in somewhat strange locations. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Tenth Planet. Uh, I mean, before we get to it, let's uh, let's talk about some Who news, shall we? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, not a ton going on right now but the uh, second volume of the lies of captain jack is coming from big finish and quite frankly i think the internet kind of melted uh when they announced it because we see captain jack um in <laughs> the sixth doctor's coat yes very cool yeah this looks pretty darn exciting um i i i want to check out the first volume uh first but uh this yeah this how do you go wrong? John Barrowman in a bright Technicolor coat. Yes. Amazing. Yes. The first one is called, it's a, what it has three stories. The first one is called peace of mind. And the synopsis is when the sixth doctor falls dying into his arms, Jack must carry on in his place. Is the universe ready for a whole new kind of doctor? Right. So that would uh, explain why he's in the getup. Looks fun. Looks really fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we also um, 
will be seeing uh, Sylvester McCoy face off against Maisie Williams in a new thriller. This is not Doctor Who related, other than the fact that both Sylvester McCoy and Maisie Williams have been on Doctor Who. Uh, this is based on... Um, I think it's. I think. I think it's actually based on a graphic novel. Yeah, it looks. I read correctly. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, The uh, it's called the Owners. Uh, Takes place in the '90s in rural England, and um, uh, Maisie is part of a gang who gets. uh, Well, I I think her boyfriend is in the gang, and she kind of gets dragged into it. Yeah, Um, and it 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 sounds like one of those things where, you know, they think they're going to rob this house. And, um, you know, it turns out Sylvester McCoy is like an absolute badass and, um, they've gotten in over their heads kind of thing. Hmm. Interest. Yeah. It looks pretty interesting just from the, uh, it looks like they haven't really started production on it. Um, but they have the original synopsis of the, of the book and they've got some other cool stuff. And also, um, I like that the site that you got this from is called Blogterhu. Oh yeah, have you not heard of Blogterhu? <laughs> no, apparently I have not, but I yeah. uh, I love it. Great name, great name. Lastly, tonight now I don't I don't have a link for this, so there are a lot of links for everything in the show notes. But I I am following Ben Aronovich on Twitter. He's a seventh era uh, seventh Doctor era writer. Um, and lately he's been now he's writing something cause he'll share his daily word count and stuff, but he's asked questions about San Jose state university. Um, yeah. and what the surf is like in Monterey. <laughs> um, and I've, I, I've been able to, you know, contribute answers to both because I went to San Jose state and, um, I'm familiar yes. uh, with the Monterey Bay and stuff. Um, but I'm very, very curious what he's writing about. Cause clearly it's, it's at least partially set here in Northern California. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I've not gotten an answer from him, probably smartly. So, you know, he, he wants to, uh, keep his stuff to himself. And I, I respect that, but I'll be very curious when, when his project is done to see what it is. <laughs> um, I actually have one more and I'll throw this, I'll throw this in here. It's another um, big finish thing. I was, uh, truthfully, I just started, I clicked on the main page of Blockter Who. Okay. And, uh, it looks like, um, so David Tennant and Catherine Tate are going to reprise their roles for three more big finish audios. Um, and the first, uh, the first one that is being released will also have Jacqueline King, who, uh, played Sylvia Noble and Bernard Cribbins as Wolf. Ooh, nice. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. That's awesome. So the whole Noble gang is going to be in the first one. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, so there you go. And I guess that's... Uh, there you go. Look at that. I, I contributed at the, at, the last, at the last minute there. You did indeed. Thank you. For I that. did it. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. This week we watched The Tenth Planet starring William Hartnell as the Doctor. Oh, boy. Anarchy. Anarchy Wills as Polly. Michael Craze as Ben. Robert Betty as General Cutler. Oh, boy, I'm so excited. Roy Skelton and Peter Hawkins as Voices of the Cybermen. It was written by Kit Pedler and Jerry Davis. And it was also directed by Derek uh, Martinus. Yeah, Mm -hmm. nailed it. First aired October 8th through the 29th, 1966. And it is the second story of season four. And holy guacamole, which is something I made on my Taste of Mexico tour when I was in Ensenada. We got a lot of story notes. We do have a lot of story. Uh, Brought to you by the fine folks over at Tardis Wick. Yeah. Oh, boy. When the doctor announces a visitor, Ben jokes about being visited by Father Christmas. Now, perhaps maybe this was an inspiration for Twice Upon a Time. Possibly. I mean, being a a Christmas special. We know that a lot of the lines that the first doctor said in Twelve's final story um, were directly taken from some of 
uh, Hartnell's Adventures. So here we go. Maybe. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Um, nuclear Z-bombs, which sound like they could be, you know, a um, like atomic warheads, like a, like a super sour treat. Yes. Uh, they are able to destroy a planet or turn it into a star. Um, okay. Um, and they are um, launched via a Demeter, or some people pronounce it Demeter rocket. I pronounce it Demeter. But it all- it almost sounds like it could be a band like Anarchy Wills and the Z-Bombs. That's right, yes. Um, this is obviously the first time the regeneration process is seen. Now, the process itself isn't given a name until 1974's Planet of the Spiders. Really? Mm-hmm. How do they yeah. explain it, then? Um, oh, God, I'm trying to remember what I don't they even... did in Power of the Dollar. Yeah, I mean, another thing that we... Uh, I don't... This might be in your your story notes here, but it like there are five straight important missing episodes here. Yes, which is sad, or it might be even more than that. But anyway, yeah, this the stuff that is missing from from this era is it's just regret uh, regrettable uh, how much is is not there. Yeah. Um. It speaking of which, only episodes one, two, and three of this four part story exist in the BBC archives as sixteen millimeter black and white film. Um, only short clips of footage from missing episode four exist amongst which the regeneration sequence itself. Um, and that only exists thanks to it having been included in an early 1970s edition of blue Peter. Yes. That discussed the transition to the new doctor. Um, the regeneration is one of several sequences from lost episodes that were inadvertently preserved through their use of uh, on Blue Peter, mm-hmm. um, and those episodes didn't get wiped. So some of that stuff, it's like, oh well, we, we're showing a clip. That's the only reason it survives. Yes, and let's uh, just you know, it, it, on the 2013, and I'm sure we we will both talk about this episode four for the DVD release was actually animated by. Uh, let's just give a short shout out here to. Uh, planet 55 studios who animated that episode which we will talk about at great length but uh, yeah i just thought we, we would uh throw that out there right now definitely um special the the special computer tape style opening and closing title graphics which i frankly think were awesome yes uh, were created specifically for this story by graphic designer bernard lodge awesome we will yeah we will definitely talk about that yep um, this is actually also the only TV story to give Cybermen characters individual names. Uh, after this, as I, you can probably hear the helicopter flying by. It's Slightly fine. different sounds Ambiance. when, when you're recording. Yes, indeed. After this, Cybermen were only ever named by rank, right? Cyber leader, cyber controller, right. cyber janitor, whatever. Yes, yeah, so the, the cyber janitor. Somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> efficiently too i should hope so you know there's nothing like getting done cleaning the toilets and going excellent what a name jarl is though well krang at least you know makes yeah. me think of uh teenage mutant teenage ninja turtles that's right that's right um michael craze right who plays ben uh found this work difficult as he had just undergone surgery to remove a bone chip from his nose um, and, and during that, he actually suffered a burst blood vessel that nearly killed him. Holy moly. Yeah. And the um, the stuff they were using for snow that they were blowing around on the stage irritated his nose really badly. Oh. Uh, nonetheless, he was undeterred from asking out production assistant Edwina Werner, whose job it was to throw that snow into the wind machine, and the two of them would eventually get married. No. Oh, cute. That is, I, that was one of those things where I'm like, you know, it's not a hardcore, you know, it's not like some odd fact about something in the background of the show, but I thought it was just a cute story. So yeah. I had to throw that in. Uh, adorable. Adorable. There are also actually set pictures of her on this episode. Oh, nice. That's very funny. Anyway. Well, Taylor, it is, it is time for a world famous trademarked synopsis from you. So take it away. The Doctor, Ben, and Polly land in the Antarctic in 1986. No Miami Vice jackets here. Only to stumble across a space-tracking station that bears witness, we'll just ignore the planetary physics involved, to a new planet, not just in the sky, but coming toward them and looking entirely down under. 
their inhabitants need our earth energy and are not so interested in our feelings. <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. <laughs> All right, Taylor. Ten that, was not a, that was not a very good Cyberman voice. Yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, to do this one uh, would take some practice. Oh, boy, it would. And you would have to somehow just open your mouth once and all the words would come out. Yes, and even getting the timing of that uh, nailed down is a little iffy, it seems. Oh, I bet. And yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, Cybermen, this is is the story. This is. This is where we we meet our friends, the Cybermen. Who kind of seem, they seem all right at first, a little bit, except for when they killed that guy. Yeah, with um, their, like, flashlight ray gun waistbands. <laughs> oh, man, I love those things. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're in the Antarctic. We see another planet in the sky. It's Mondas, and they want to blow up our planet or something. That's basically what it comes down to. But uh, I love we have basically... The the age old I'm a I am a man of science. I'm a man of action. That's uh, right. That's basically this entire story from the human side of things, and it's great. It's fantastic. Um yeah, let's talk about these uh these opening title cards. I love them. I absolutely love them. I loved the uh like the the rocket spliced with it said like the tenth planet and then the what did you, the computer text is that what you called it what was it yeah it's um I think it's the computer card the computer tape sorry the computer, computer tape, tape yes yeah. yes yes I absolutely that's, that's how they used to program computers absolutely loved that it was very yeah. cool um yeah I just uh, every time it came up I went yeah this is cool and actually I mean I mentioned this and. Uh, in the, I, last night I messaged you and I said, Hey, can you check something out for me? Just oh, cause yeah. I needed to know, um, in the end credits, f- uh, there was like a, a, what I, I thought was Morse code, which it didn't turn out to be, but, um, it was very interesting. I wonder if that was also like a, a, a conscious thing they did. You know, I, I think so. I, I think just to kind of, um, you know, flesh out that whole feeling of, um, you know, that, that, that computer tape style. Um, cause I listened to it very close. I listened to it with headphones on and, um, it, it kind of sound like Morse tape. If you are <laughs> wow. Morse code, if you like pitched it up yeah, a little bit, um, if nothing else, it kind of just kind of sounded just like, um, just radio noise, just like a, like radio static and stuff. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're scanning through like shortwave bands, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I mean, unless somebody knows something that we don't, I don't, I don't think you can, you know, pick anything out of it. I think it was just another atmospheric layer that yeah. you were adding to things in the story. Yeah. I, I mean, I looked around and I didn't see anything. So I went, all right, never mind. <laughs> but it was, um, I did, I did think it was interesting. But yes, those opening, opening title cards, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, so definitely. Let's uh, pop back around here to the the story, which will bleed off into some other um, notes I have. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, again, Taylor, we picked a story mm-hmm. <laughs> that just has some bizarre uh, accents. Uh, yeah, there, there definitely was. Um, I think they were a little better this time. They were, but it was it was. <laughs> everyone was trying to be like a nineteen twenties gangster. Nah, see, and I I thought it was very funny. Just like ah, a woman. What? What is that? What's going on? There's a woman up there, and I was like, what is going on? Where are these people from? Oh, and one I, of them says "Mamma Mia." <laughs> that's yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh boy. So uh, basically, we you know if we 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 have all watched uh, Twice Upon a Time, and we know where Twice Upon a Time takes place. So uh, basically, the Doctor um, lands with uh, Ben and Polly um, in the Antarctic. 
mm-hmm. and um, they are spotted by people directly under them, um, and they are brought down mainly because there's a woman, I guess. Um, yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. And, uh, well, and they're they're in this underground base with their little periscope. Yes. Yes. Oh <laughs> and they're like, goodness. there's people out there. And one of them's a woman. A woman? Yeah, I love that the guy's like, ah, there's nobody out there. And he goes, oh, it's a woman. A woman? Get it down here. Eh? Nah, the see? An- the Antarctic is a lonely, lonely place. Let's yeah, just- I mean, apparently so. Um, I, um... There, man. One note I have here is there was a lot of talking over other people's lines. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I get that they're trying to create the chaos. Yeah, I, I, I have that too. Yeah. yeah, that there, there is chaos. There is definitely chaos and panic happening. But it was like, oh boy, we're just stepping over each other's lines a whole lot. Yeah. There, there was a whole bunch of that, and it, it felt chaotic. It was yeah. like, I'm like, what? Wait, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was, uh, oof. which I mean, was the point, I guess, but also there's probably a way that they could have done that a little better, but I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Just me, just me. Um, we kind of get a little, uh, Dr. Light in episode three. We do. Yeah. Obviously because of William Hartnell's health, uh, yeah. in real life, um, Honestly, it, 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 it was a little disappointing because really and truly what we we get a really good story that I think, you know, had he been in better health, could have really featured um, just his talent and stuff in in a final episode. Yeah. And, and we don't we don't get that because he spends basically almost two whole episodes um uh laid out laid out yeah he's like after episode i think it's uh, yeah episode two at the oh no at the beginning of episode three he's like oh no and then he's just gone it is it's it's very sudden that he falls down not feeling well he's like oh i don't feel well yeah they did there there's nothing in the story that seems to cause it no, I think I think literally it is. It is just Gallifrey and old age at this point. I guess. Yeah. He's just like, oh, no. And he just falls over. And then he's just like in a bed taking a nap for the entire episode. Now, you you said, uh, I, you know, I, it, this could have been a great story, a, a better story if he was if it wasn't so Dr. Light in episode three. I kind of liked I kind of liked it. I mean. Maybe at the time, like if I was watching this in in real time, I'd be like, "Oh, this is great." But then, as soon as you know, I know what's coming, I'd be like, "Oh, that kind of sucked." Um, but I mean, just watching it as a single episode, episode three, I liked it because you know Ben and Polly, it gave them a lot more to do, and it kind of showed what they they could do without the doctor or what the doctor had you know taught them to do. No, this is absolutely true, and I will not dis- disagree that point. You, you're right. I'm just, I guess I'm coming at it from this, um, you know, 55 years on kind of perspective of like, you know, th- this this was your your last story. I'm, I'm so used to Doctor's last stories being something kind of bigger and grandiose, and yeah, you know, uh, the Doctor kind of having this this you know, last chance at a, at a heroic moment. Um, and I, I don't know that we quite get that, uh, in this story. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it even feels like an episode, episode four, it's just, um, he doesn't really do much. No, he kind of just shows up at the end and then he's like, well, time to fall over. (laughs) Yeah. I'm wearing a bit thin. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, very like a very i guess disappointing episode for him um i mean he came out strong i thought episode episode one and and two he was you know he was strutting his stuff he definitely was he he wrote down what was gonna happen before it happened and then i think somebody i think uh when did general cutler call it a confidence trick i which i've never heard of have you never? You know what? You know what con men do? Yeah. Oh, the, it's, their confidence. Oh, they gain your confidence, wow. and then basically steal all your money. 
Oh, well, now I know. Now you know. Now I know the rest of the and story. Knowing, oh, I was going to say, knowing is half the battle. It is G.I. Joe, but... So you, I'll go G.I. Joe, you go Paul Harvey. Yes. Good day? <laughs> Good day? Oh, Paul Harvey. Paul <laughs> Harvey. Good day? Nice. Good stuff. Um, nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, it was a bit disappointing because it is Hartnell's last uh, serial, but... I I enjoyed it because, you know, and also, I guess going forward, like, I mean, we don't really get to see a lot of it because they lent all their uh, original tapes out to Zimbabwe or something. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, it's like, hey, Ben and Polly know their worth and they can do some stuff. They can get stuff done. And it's like going forward with a new doctor. It's like these are our familiar characters. So we might as well right. keep them fresh as you know, individuals in our mind going yeah, forward. Obviously providing that, that bridge for the viewer. Yeah, absolutely. During this, this transition period as it were, yes. but how, how bold, how bold to go from a, a story that introduces what, what may be the, the second most popular villain, the Cyberman into the not only a new doctor, but a six part Dalek story. Now, this is not the only time this has happened where we go from um, Daleks to Cybermen. It happened. I, I was when I was picking out next week's episode. That's not a spoiler alert either. Um, <laughs> it went, man, what was it? It went Cybermen and then Daleks for another for another um, episode. And I can't for, or in another season. And I can't remember which one it was. But, um, I mean, they both have Cybermen in the title, so mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't be too hard here. Cybermen. Oh, I'm sorry. We went Daleks and then Cybermen. We went Genesis of the Daleks and then Revenge of the Cybermen. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. Fourth Doctor stories. Yeah. Back to back. So re- reverse order. But, yeah, go. that's just like back to back heavy hitters. Which is, exactly. Which is crazy. But, uh, I mean, in this era, those were your two, uh, that was your bread and butter. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, in this era, you know, we didn't have the master yet. No. Uh, the meddling monk wasn't quite a threat. Oh, man. I hope he becomes a threat somehow again soon. Uh, yeah, I will I will say this. I don't know if you've listened to the um, the Big Finish Missy stories, but he makes an appearance, and it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. Lauren has those. I got to, uh, I got to check that out. Check them out. I didn't know that uh, that happened, but now I will definitely. Also, we got to listen to a big finish coming up, and we got to get Mike on for a big finish anyway. For sure, for sure. Anywho, um, I want to, I want to talk about man. I don't, I don't really know. I want to talk about episode four, like okay. real bad. Yeah. Um, man, episode four. The BBC, you know, licensed this to be, you know, they were like, hey, animate this for us. Uh, I believe, what what did I say? Studio 55? Mm-hmm. Or Planet 55 Studios. You know, reverse. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they they need to animate everything because this was completely watchable. And I know in my notes that kind of sounds sarcastic. But, I mean, we go from the 10th planet, um, you know, the episode 4, which... They were like, hey, animate this for us. And then we go straight into Power of the Daleks, which is, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we both didn't enjoy the animated version. No. It was not good. It, yeah. there. It was, you know, and we've said it multiple times. I mean, it, it felt like a, you know, quickly thrown together Flash animation and and i understand now that they were rushing to get it out by a particular date yeah which is you know not not a good idea but no (laughs) no but the 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 group the company that that animated uh episode four uh because um you found a copy of it online with like check subtitles Yes. Um, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't have to look at the subtitles. Yeah. You know, I just have to, I just have to listen to it and watch the pictures. It, it really is incredibly well animated. It's and so well I done. loved it. Yeah. 
I mean, the death effect when Cutler gets his was amazing. Yeah. Um, all the shading they would do when um, a Cyberman, like that one when the Cyberman walked up to the door, but you could only see like the shadow of them. Mm-hmm. It was so well done, and I really wish that they would just go back and hire this this studio to do all their other stuff. And I mean, the animation, it wasn't like crazy complicated or anything, you know? It still no. had its faults, but not like it wasn't anything like like um the Dalek one. Like this was the pacing was good. Um it was great. I loved it. Yeah, it it for me, I I mean obviously I never saw the original episode 4. Um but it really felt to me like it was just like watching it. It's, yeah. it's it's like you know you, you it like you took the film negative and did something like cartoony artistic with it and then put that out. Yeah. Um, except that they didn't have a film negative. I mean, it literally is they animated it, but it really looks like how I imagine the episode would have actually looked like. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I also like when uh, the doctor says everything like it's over, everything is over, and mm-hmm. Ben's face. The animation on that was amazing. His like look of concern and confusion. I loved it. It was very yeah. subtle, but it was like this is so great. They like I go out of your way people and and watch this and man, it was just so well done. I loved totally. it. I really yeah. wish I really wish um they would use this company a little more. And I feel like in once again in my uh looking around when trying to find other episodes. I think they may have had something else completely animated and we might have to go forth and look for that. Okay. Cause I'm not sure which one it was, but I mean, it seemed like it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. So I would love to, and they animated, okay. Missing episodes <laughs> for, I'm just looking up for the moon base. Which, hilariously enough, is another Cybermen story. That's right. Yeah, it is. Um, so they animated that, and then they also co-animated missing pictures of Reign of Terror. Hmm, okay. Reign of Terror is a first doc. Yeah. I think so, yes. I love it. Just, dude, you, you have... It's so strange that they have all the audio, right? Like, I think every... Every serial they've ever done has the audio. I could be completely wrong um, about that. But I, I think if, if not all of them, a, a large majority of them, because there were people who would literally record the audio of the episodes to yeah. listen to them. Again. So it's like, we have that. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's yeah. keep it going. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, go watch this animation. It's great. You can find <laughs> it online. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to go from here. I have nothing for music or directing. <laughs> um, honestly, for music, I mean, it was, eh, it was pleasantly melodramatic when it needed to be. Yeah, it's so um, weird, like, with these, with these classic episodes, I find myself, there are times when I'm like, oh, the music was great, but there are times when I'm like, man, this story's crazy, and then I'm like, uh-oh, I didn't listen to any of the music. Uh, <laughs> So I mean, like the incidental music was fine. I had no problem with it. It was. I, I, I actually, I feel like there were a couple of places where it could have actually used some, like in episode uh, two, where there's the whole Cyberman confrontation scene, you know. Um, and I think this is the point where we're actually getting a a bunch of Cyberman exposition. Um, yeah. But there's no music. Um, <laughs> and and there's this kind of drama of meeting the Cybermen for the first time and facing them down and there's just nothing and it's like this scene could use some yeah oh well yeah you know they can't all be zingers i guess no that's true that's <laughs> true and and honestly the the directing is fine you know i yeah. I, I i think there were uh, i think there were a few spots kind of where um you know you don't get like a full reveal of a cyberman coming into a scene uh, you know, the camera angle is set focused on the people and it's like, I, and I want to say it's actually, it's in episode four, so it's animated. So, um, 
Um, and you get, you can kind of see up at the top of the screen, you know, the legs coming into view where you can tell they're coming in, but you yeah. don't see them yet. So there's some neat stuff. I mean, overall, the directing is just kind of really straight forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get into this costume design because, I mean, obviously we get the first and original version of the Cybermen. Um, I mean, I, I loved it. It's great. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're still, they are still scary. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're, they're frightening. They're frightening yeah. looking. Um, and the way they talk is even scarier. It's just the best. It's amazing. Um, and you know what? I actually, um, I mean, I guess we'll get into, man, the Cybermen have really changed. I'm just looking at oh, yeah. the incarnation of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, I love how they they open. I, I know I made fun of it earlier, but I love when they open their mouth and they they talk seemingly just by opening their mouth once mm-hmm. um i absolutely love that i think that's great oh i do too it just it makes perfect sense because they they are so not human anymore yeah. or mondasian i guess um that you know you don't need lips or vocal cords you literally just have a speaker yeah basically Although then somebody might argue, why do you need to bother opening your mouth if you just have a speaker? Right? <laughs> yeah, but it's you know, creepy. We, we get that. Way. We get that with later cyber. But yes, yes. I mean, seeing this for the first time in 1966, you know, oh, and you've got terrifying. these these creatures, and they just open the mouth, and that voice comes out. Oh, it's it, great. I oh man. I love it. It's, I, don't get me wrong. I love later ver- iterations of the Cybermen and stuff, but this really just yeah keeps that tension and that kind of like it's there's the verisimilitude of being, um, you know, more or less human shaped, but then you're clearly not human, and that's yeah. just disconcerting. Ugh. It's oh man, good stuff. <laughs> love it. Such a such a creepy creepy thing. Yes. Ugh. And for some reason I never realized that that those were guns on their waists or ray guns. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I mean, I think cuz we are so used to either I mean, you think the thing on their head would be a would be a, you know, a weapon. That's right. And I feel like later on there's that one that looks like it has a machine gun on top of its head. Yes. Um But yeah, you would you would think, but uh, hey, I like the uh, the light exploding people. I thought that was fun. That was good. It was good. I liked that a good lot. Good stuff. Um, I I mean, the other thing about the Cybermen, why were they wearing those those sleeveless jackets? <laughs> what was that I, about? I I don't know. I've I've never in all my years of watching Doctor Who known a Cyberman to um, pick up an article of clothing to try and disguise yourself. Um, plus look at you, Mondasian Cybermen. You're huge. Yeah. You know, you've got ginormous stuff on your head. You've got a barrel chest of blinking lights. You're not going to be able to hide very well under an Arctic jacket. Yeah. I mean, like when I saw it, I was like, uh, this is, this is weird. And then I went, Oh, I guess they're trying to trick people. It, and it, that had to have been it, but it just seemed so yeah. unusual based on everything I knew of the Cybermen up to this point. Plus, they obviously you can tell as a first iteration they're walking a little less robotic. Yeah, um, I don't even think they've got gloves. I think it's just regular flesh hands. Yes, I believe. If yeah, I'm not I be- mistaken, I believe you are correct. It is regular, regular flesh hands. Um, so it, it, it's kind of interesting to, to, to now that we see the, the very first iteration, just kind of see how they evolve in later stories. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, what else? Do I have anything else about Cyberman? Oh, I love the outside winter wear that all the soldiers were wearing. It kind mm-hmm. of looked like it's weird because I feel like they knew where they were stationed and they knew their superiors knew where they were stationed, but it just looks so cobbled together. 
I could see that, definitely. And I, I just really liked it for some reason. I'm not sure why, but that's all I got on on costumes. <laughs> um okay. Oh man. Oh hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. There's there's one costume we we still have to mention, just as I'm impressed that they, they took it this far as we've we've got our what I call I call them the NATO guys, because I'm just assuming it's NATO. Oh and yes. There's the main guy who I, I think is French, although kind of maybe sounds Italian. I'm yeah. not sure. Maybe from the border there. Um and then there's like like our 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 person of color. Yes. And he is is Nigerian or Zimbabwean or you know, very clearly from an African country. Yeah. Um which on the on the one hand, nice job on the costume. Yes. You know? Um on the second hand Good job, 1966, for you know having some people of color. Yeah, I mean, I feel in like this story. I feel and, like and one of them an astronaut. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I mean, I feel like um, I'm trying to find what this person's uh, name would be, but I mean, I oh, feel like I, don't know. I feel like half these per- people. Who who is Crail? What is Crail? Is that a Cyberman? Oh boy. Okay. Maybe. That's too much. There's too many people here. Um oh Snowcap. Alright, anyway. Um I mean Doctor Who's always been pretty uh, at least I feel like since since the beginning has always been pretty diverse. For the most part, the I most think there's part. definitely some stories where it could benefit from more. Right. So I, I again, and this is me coming from my 21st century perspective of going, oh well, it was the 60s. It's just going to be nothing but white folk, right? Um, and that's that's me making that generalization. Um, now, unfortunately, I saw um, our our astronaut uh, in the opening scene. I was like, hey, cool, we we got a person of color, and he's an astronaut. I'm like, oh god, he's going to die, isn't he? Yeah, like, I just instantly thought of like something is going to happen to these astronauts. Yeah. And they were doing a pretty neat job of like pretending to be weightless. Yes, stuff in their seats. Like I, I, I appreciate that bit of attention to detail. It's like, oh, we're hitting these thrusters, and they're like lurching forward in their seats and stuff. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you guys are putting some effort into this. I like that. Yeah. Now I'm looking up. Let's see. Um, there is a man named Robert Wigner, and he is the Secretary General of. International Space Command. So that's where they oh, were coming from. That's that's our NATO guys, the International Space Command. Yes. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And this guy was the Secretary General. He's the one. He's the only one I could find in the uh, in the TARDIS Wikia here. He's our French Italian guy. Then. He is the one that refuses Cutler's request to fire the Z bomb. Oh, can we talk about this scene for a second? Yes, we absolutely okay. can. Okay, because it's God love insane. you, General Cutler. I love how absolutely like Ernest Borgnine you are. Yes, oh my goodness. Um, I, I mean, really, in in a lot of ways, I think Cutler kind of steals the show. Yes, uh, just with his gruff American general over the top in this. Um, but he's on the phone to our. Uh, Secretary General of the Space Command, and is like, I'm going to use the Z bomb. Someone set us up the bomb. Yeah, and the general's like, No, don't. Um, and he's like, But can I? But we have Cybermen attacking us. And he's like, Well, don't use the Z bomb. That's that's bad. Yes, because because we use the last letter in the alphabet. So, yeah, um, yeah. And so then it's a matter of. Um, Cutler going, well, but can I use any means necessary to fight off Cybermen? <laughs> yes. And he's like, well, okay. He's like, yeah, sure. Like, but, but, and, he, but, and he's like, uh, you idiot. He, you told me I could use anything and like the entire world is melting. Um, yeah, that was very dumb. That was just, I just, I had to pause it for a moment and just shout at the screen and like, yeah, I just uh, yeah that that scene was. Uh, I mean, I guess we had to get there some somehow. I guess, yeah. It, it, this is one of those like the writer wrote himself into a corner. It's like, well, then how do we get him to use it? Oh, I know. He'll just say this, and the other guy won't think and just be like, "Well, of course." Yes, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, ugh. Anyway, yeah. 
<laughs> um, not a lot of uh, visual effects here. I mean, most of them were came in in episode four. Um, it's not even a vi- like all of my notes are not visual effects at all. Mine are more props, actually. Yeah, I mean the the uh, <laughs> I had just a, a Cyberman shined a bright light on that dude and he died. Yes, death by stage light. Yes, the stage light uh, was definitely great. I love the fact, and I, I actually double-checked this, that December 1986 calendar is correct. Oh, nice. That is when those days landed in December of 1986. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, again, to detail. Good job, guys. <laughs> A lot of stock footage. Really? In, oh, in yeah, story. that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah with the yeah. rocket. Yeah, that's true. And everything, and I think there's some satellite stuff later on. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, I... This, uh, for me, I really enjoyed the look of the South Pole. I mean, they did, I feel like, a really good job of making it look like we were in the middle of nowhere and it was snowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, this is more of a, I guess this is more of a directorial thing. I love the overhead shot when the Cybermen ship lands for the first time in the South Pole. Oh, yes. I really enjoyed that. Um, just, yes. you know, the look of... Uh, I wish we had gotten to see, and I'm sure there's stills of it. I really want to see what all the stuff in episode four really looked like. I assume they, you know, from the stills, they did the best they could with the animation. But I really mm-hmm. wanted to see, like, that room where they were, you know, removing all the um, the stuff from the Z-bomb. And oh, yeah. I really want to see what that room looks like. Yeah, and I I didn't actually bother watching the the reconstruction episode, so I'm not sure what's in there in terms of stills yeah. or or short snippets of footage. Um, I suppose had I been a better podcaster, I would have actually ch- watched that as well. Well, I didn't either, Taylor. So don't worry about <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, I would like to say, however, I love their phones. Yes, oh my those God. phones are the best. I just whoever designed those back in the day. I want one. They did a great job. I don't use landlines anymore, but I want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the doctor here for a little bit. All right. Um, super snarky right off the bat when yes. when he's got General Cutler yelling at him. He says, "Why don't you speak up? I'm deaf." I absolutely <laughs> loved that. Um, he knew about the tenth planet before it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, a very cautionary doctor throughout this until, you know, he becomes, um, ill, uh, and then he comes back and he's like, well, it's time to go basically <laughs> pretty much. I think he shows up. Oh, and he convinces them that they, uh, stopped the bomb. So they should help them something like that. Yeah. Because basically, um, Mondas can only absorb so much energy and then and then basically it overloads and explodes. Yes, which is what the doctor's been saying all along. He he is of the uh the let's wait and see and uh, <laughs> that is not what Cutler is about. He wants to blow up everything immediately. Oh, because yeah. we we should also mention his son is on his way to Mondas. Uh, no, he's actually on his way to dock with the two astronauts that we oh, meet that's in the right. beginning. Yes, um, because their ship had been losing power. That's right. He was on um, a rescue mission. Yeah, and then as he's up there on that rescue mission, um, uh, you know the 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 first two guys in their ship they perish. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But Doctor, um, I mean, doing doctory things while he was on screen, that's for sure. But, I mean, kind of light towards the end. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ben! I really like Ben. I feel like, I think I was looking at our stats, and this is, I think, only our second our second Ben story that we've watched. Um, and Are I, the Daleks being the other one? I believe so, yes. I will okay. I will double check that real quick but uh I found him to be very res- oh this is our third one I apologize our third Ben and Polly story what the other two are I don't know well I know uh, what the other one that you had <laughs> just not mentioned was I don't know but um 
I I found him to be very resourceful. I thought he, you know, he did some some good stuff while he was by himself. And uh, the War Machines, that's the other one. Oh, yes, of course. That's the first one, basically. Yes. Um. Yeah, I really liked him. I thought he took control of some stuff. He, you know, might have not done some stuff that he probably should have that, you know, got him pushed over a railing. Oh, my God. Yeah, what a that, flip that was. That was crazy. <laughs> but also, it's Cutler, so we know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't... you have anything else for Ben? Well, I, I you know, it's a... It's admittedly kind of a shallow uh, reaction, but I'm I'm kind of glad the whole turtleneck V-neck combo never really came back kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like just a lot of neck-focused uh, clothing to be wearing, but it was the '60s. Who am I to judge? Oh yeah, absolutely. He was rocking it though. <laughs> he is definitely. That is for sure. He was a rocking it. Um. <laughs> Polly, I don't really have anything. I just have she went on a secret coffee mission. Because she did. Like, I, I know, and I think that just might have to be our alternate title. <laughs> secret coffee mission. I mean, she that's what she... She basically played to General Cutler being a, uh, a piece of garbage and was like, let me come with you. And he's like, what can you do? And she's like, I can make uh, coffee. He's like, all, all right. And then, you know, she goes on an undercover mission. So, yeah, my my notes for Polly amount to and don't get me wrong. I mean, I enjoy her as a character. Um, Clearly, the Antarctic is lonely. All eyes on Polly. And then um, because I know she's uh, her secret mission, right? She's trying to talk to. um, Oh, gosh, I can't. It's the uh, the beardy guy. Yes, I can't remember. I'll find his, his name. name for the life of me. I had it. His name is Reinhardt. No, Reginald. Is his name Reginald? Oh shoot! I thought it was Barclay. Is it Barclay? Oh, yeah, so Tom, Doctor Tom Bar. He's the scientist, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm way off, but she kind of goes, "Hey, I know you're about to like fuse this bomb, but I can make coffee." Yeah. Um. And yeah, that was one of those things I felt bad. It's like, okay, she's relegated to making coffee. Yeah, but I mean, she she was she was still doing stuff. She was. I mean, she was. She, she was trying to convince him to yeah. What you can know, you do? Uh, oh, I can make coffee, wink. That's all I can do. <laughs> and it clearly wasn't. Um but yeah. Um yeah, she was like, "Hey, Barclay, can't do this please call off the attack but it was um you know she she played a part in this oh absolutely she played a part in getting them to uh well until you know he threw he threw them over the railing uh but they were they were on their way to you know getting everything yeah i mean just that that scene where you know you you see cutler barge in Oh yeah, and Ben's there trying to like I don't know pull the uh, pull the fuse on the fuel pump or whatever it was, yeah. and it's just like oh man, Ben's about to get his butt whooped. Yeah, but I did not expect to flip over a railing. Um, let's talk about General Cutler. Yes, he's oh just gosh. like I don't gotta believe nothing from nobody. We're gonna blow up everything. We yeah. gotta survive. Um. You know, do you have TARDIS Wiki open? I do have TARDIS Wiki open. Okay, uh, uh, click click on the actor's name and and see if he's actually American. Because if he's not, he's actually like the one British guy doing a pretty darn good well uh, American accent. He um he's a Canadian actor. Oh, okay, North America. I'll give you that. Robert Betty. Yeah, he All was right. in. 2001 a space odyssey and he also Shut played up. he played the president in superman 4 what yeah oh my god that's he also crazy played a tanker captain in superman 3 was he in every superman movie oh that'd be god. great seriously no just those two that's still pretty wild because he totally strikes me as the guy that you would see riding the bomb in dr strange <laughs> So if you had said, oh, hey, he was in Doctor Strangelove, I probably would have lost my mind. I mean, I'm 
I will, uh, no, no hits on Strange in, okay. in his, uh, but man, that would have been crazy. I mean, he, he probably could have done it. I totally think he could have done it. Um, I love that they've got Cobra missiles. Um, <laughs> again, with the G.I. Joe references this to yeah, tonight. So many. Um, I do love that he makes a comment that he doesn't like the doctor's face or hair. Which, to me, is very subtle foreshadowing. Oh, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, he's that. like, I don't That's like your face or your hair. And I went, this is great because of the thing that happens at the end. That's a really good observation. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, he really just wanted to blow up that other planet. and he. I don't care about science, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, is it is it sad that it's been... Almost 60, no, it's been 55-ish years, Mm -hmm. and that's how the world still sees Americans. Yeah, basically. Holy moly. We had an episode like that this past season. (laughs) Yes. Oh. Man, I'm sorry, world. Yeah. We're we're Americans. Um, yeah. The only other note I have Hmm. is... Because I've talked about everything else. Is 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 um is Troutons the only regeneration episode we haven't watched? Um, I think it is. I, th- I think so. I think you're right. And I th- I think that's um only because isn't the entire his entire last um episode isn't it just isn't the whole whole thing isn't it super long? It is. It's war the games. war games. It's, it's like ten, 10 episodes. Parts. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's if we wanted to do that, we'd have to break it into like three separate episodes. I think. Mm, I think. I mean, we could do it in two, but five I mean, those would be five. long episodes. Five and five. Yeah, it's uh, oof, it is something. They make him change his appearance. You jerks. <laughs> uh you got any we other... don't like your space hoboness <laughs> you got any other notes here um you know i nothing of 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 great import i know at one point you know the cybermen were like um we're gonna drain your planet of energy and we're gonna take you all back with us and it's like wait a second if you're gonna do that wouldn't the energy last half as long you got <laughs> yes that's a I'm very like, good point Maybe he just meant the people in in the Antarctic base. Maybe that's but what it was. I, I, you weren't specific. I don't know. <laughs> um, and what else? Um, shoot, I'm looking really quickly here. Um, oh, did you notice that once again they call the doctor or? somebody who's not part of the team oh the doctor pops that's why i have i just have hey pop 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 they just kept calling them pops. yes yes oh boy like what are the odds we go from the gunfighters yeah and they're calling them pops again and speaking of the gunfighters i would like to just take a moment and give a quick shout out to the saucer life Mm. podcast okay um he had an episode uh, last week and <clears throat> made some Doctor Who references in it and actually mentioned the gunfighters. Oh. Um, and so I tweeted at him and was like, oh, my God, how funny you bring up the gunfighters because we just reviewed it. And he's like, the gunfighters is a totally underrated story. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, hey, you are all right in my book. Dude. Yeah. So I, I just want to give him a quick shout. Um, anytime I find somebody who is not a Doctor Who podcast who likes Doctor Who. I want to recognize that. So absolutely, yes. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I mean, other than the fact that on the whole, everybody who sees a brand new planet that not only shouldn't be there but is coming remarkably close, yeah, to our own planet is you know pretty calm overall. Yeah, I would agree. I would be a lot more panicky, but that maybe I'm just a panicky person. Yeah, yeah, I would be too. Okay, fair. For sure. Uh, What about the uh, behind the couch scale here? What are we? You know, uh, that's a good question. I realized I didn't, I didn't actually write it down. Whoops. Um, It's a busy weekend. Um, But I, I think honestly, I think the kids would kind of enjoy it. Yeah. I don't 
yeah, I don't really think they would find the Cybermen too scary. Okay. Um, I, now, let, let me say that in the sense that we're watching something that's black and white. Mm-hmm. I think I think kids today are so used to watching everything in color that when they see something in black and white, there's a greater disconnect. Mm-hmm. It seems less real in some ways. I remember when I was uh, teaching high school, like the kids would bemoan the fact, oh, God, this isn't black and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's in black and white. Black and white's great. <laughs> no, it's not. You know? So I think with this, you know, the current generation, there is kind of a disconnect a little bit uh, to stuff that's in black and white. So I think that would kind of distance things. I definitely wouldn't show this to them at night, you know, right, like right, right before bed or something. This would be like a middle of the day. It's like, oh, you just had lunch. Let's let's watch some Cybermen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if you look closely at their outfits, I mean, you can tell, you know, this it is an outfit. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't look super realistic. So again, I think the kids today would be like, Oh, well, I could just see where that's taped on. You know, I could see my kids taking, you know, some tubing and some cardboard and making their own like cyber outfits. So I, I think they would be kind of creeped out by the voices and stuff. It's kind of hard not for all I know, they might laugh at it. Huh? Um, Because it is, it is, it is a little funny where you kind of get stuck on that, you know, vowel, you know, that feelings, yes. you know, and, and while we who are kind of immersed in Dr. Who lore are like, Oh yeah, that's creepy. Oh, that's unnerving. Um, you know, coming to it for the first time, not really having all that background. Um, it, it's a little silly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. And and there are probably people out there who are ready to absolutely besmirch my name for saying that. Wow. But, but I'm really trying to put myself in the mindset of, of somebody who who doesn't have all that background and, and yeah. who uh, is really kind of just taking it uh, as, as a one-off thing. Exactly. 100%. So that, that said, I probably won't, you know, be showing it to them anytime soon. There you go. Um, just because they're not showing a great interest in it right now, but you know, someday for sure. Someday, someday. And I, I, we would both recommend that people watch this. Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I I think I would say that about every doctor's first story and every doctor's last story not necessarily because they're all excellent, but, but just to, to have those, have those firsts and have those lasts. Um, and it's, it's definitely worth it. And, and the animated, like I said, the animated episode four is amazing. That's everybody should see that. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Just great stuff. All right. So next time it's my turn. It is. And I feel like I was scrolling down, trying to find something. And uh, this episode came up and I went, why did, why does this sound familiar like this is this is something that i should we need to watch and i feel like someone had mentioned it during the doctor who uh the death match oh Um, yeah i think so um and uh it was when they were doing what what was the best series Mm -hmm. and um this episode came up and uh next time we are going to be watching the uh is it the riboss Ribos? Um, I, I pronounce it ribos. Ribos operation. Ribos. There you go. The ribos operation starring Tom Baker as the doctor. Uh, introducing Mary Tam as Ramana one. Is this our first Mary Tam episode? I believe it is. I wow. mean, I can, uh, I can double check that. No, really I think quick, you're right. But I, I think, uh, I think it is. I will. I'm, let me just, uh, we have, I don't even, you know what? It has to be because I don't even have, uh, I have Ramana and it's just Ramana. It doesn't even say, oh no, Pirate Planet. Oh, yes, of course. There we go. Pirate, Pirate Planet. Planet. Fair point, fair point. But yeah, I mean, pretty close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, introducing Mary Tam as Ramana 1 uh, and John Leeson as the voice of K9. It was written by Robert Holmes and directed by George uh, Spenton Foster. What, what a, a name. great name. 
what a name. And I got yeah. I got it right. I went, that doesn't sound right, but it is. <laughs> so that's what we'll be watching in two weeks. Join us if you can. Until then, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter. At Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica, rate and review us as well. Uh, also head on over to SoundCloud.com slash the NOTLG. Uh, and you can find all of the podcasts over there as well. And also, I mean, just NOTLG.com has everything as well, too. Head on over to NOTLG.spreadshirt.com. Buy a podcastic shirt. We have many shirts that are Doctor Who related. You should go check them out and buy them. I think that's good. Or a mug. Yeah. Buy a mug. Buttons. Or buttons. Yes. Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Donate monetarily if you can. We appreciate it. If you are one of our Patreons, thank you very much. Um, Also, the Y-Axes, they let us use their music for absolutely free. Uh, So they support us. So let's support them. Twitter.com slash the Y-Axes. Facebook.com slash the Y-Axes. The yaxes.bandcamp.com and they like us are also on Spotify. I just got an email, I think a week ago, about uh, one of their new songs on Bandcamp. So they're pumping out new music. You should definitely go check them out. Um, they are a very talented group of individuals. So join us again next time for episode 157 The Ribos Operation. And we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. He's just like, oh, no. And he just falls over. And then he's just like in a bed taking a nap for the entire episode. 